That's known as an opening flourish in the business. I'm not sure which business, but that's all the playing I'm going to do today, at least all I plan to do. For today is the first Archival Friday. Four episodes in, and I'm already heading to the archives. Not for the talking part, but for the music part. To be honest, I simply don't feel like playing anything today, except maybe this. Very chromatic. But now I'm going to play a track from the 1980s of mine, uh, specifically 1988. This is called Mr. Morality. It was from when I was living in Chicago, had a band, had recorded my first album. And then after recording the first album, like a lot of artists, after finishing an album, you kind of hate it. It's so many hours of working on a concentrated thing and maybe it just wasn't any good no there were some good tracks on there but i found that my best work comes after a concentrated period of making music like that when i feel a kind of freedom to explore all the shackles are off and i can just go for it as a result my best work is unreleased. It's always the stuff that comes after and I never get around to releasing. It's very strange and sad. But here is a track from that time called Mr. Morality. I'm going to have to go listen to it too to see what I think. Thank you. 
interesting listening to that 30, 31 years after it was recorded. There are a lot of things that immediately jump out to me. One, my voice sounds about 30, 31 years younger. Less mature, less developed. Still sounds like me, though. You can't avoid being yourself. Well, you can. The other thing that stood out was at the beginning, in the first verse, was a really bad rhyme. Says he read the Constitution and he knows its original intention. Wow, didn't I have a rhyming dictionary back then? Whatever, I'll let that go. I'm not here to be a critic of myself. I do that enough on my own time. But other things that really stand out are the orchestration, which my son, also a musician, Emmanuel, would call kind of trippy. But what I like about it is the flute. That's a real flute, by the way. And I don't remember his name. That's a shame. He's a very good player. The bass player I do remember, that's Michael Fiorino, who still lives around here. And Heath Chapel is on drums, who still lives around here. And most of the keyboards are myself and or Alan Evett, who still lives around somewhere around here. But the orchestration is all mine. And I'm pretty proud of that, particularly the part at the end where the French horns come in uh, and play the... Somehow reharmonizing that theme, the Mr. Morality theme. It sounds sort of like what would happen if you put Richard Wagner in a Afro-Cuban setting, which is a frightening thought. But that's what happens when you have influences from all over musical history, all over the world. That horn part is very much appropriated, I might say, from the Romantic era, late Romantic era, from Wagnerian, Bruckner, Mahlerian, Malaria style of chromatic harmony. But immediately preceding that little section at the end where the flute is playing over the French horns is a section where I'm doing background vocals that sound like something out of Motown, or at least that was my intention and yet another appropriation. 
the marimba part that runs through most of the song was probably appropriated from something else. I think I saw a marimba player once. The drum part played by Heath Chappell, he appropriated that from somebody. And Michael Fiorino with that low D in the bass. That thing, I don't know where he stole that. I think I wrote that bass line. I'm sure I wrote the bass line, but he played it very well, I might say. My point is that we're always, as creative artists, stealing, appropriating, borrowing, remixing, mashing up everything that we've heard. We don't live in a vacuum. Culturally speaking, that would be uh, suicide. So when people talk about appropriation, be careful. Everything has been appropriated. I sit here playing a Yamaha piano made by Yamaha Corporation in Japan. The piano itself was invented in the early 18th century by multiple people, but I think the, uh, the guy who gets credit for first putting out a real piano was a guy named Cristobalde, or Cristofore. I don't know. I forgot. But the point is, he was working in Italy or Germany, so the piano itself is of European origin. And the person playing it right now is of Eastern European origin, but third-generation American. My family was part of the great exodus of Jews out of Eastern Europe because they had to, and thank God for that because if they hadn't left, they would have been killed. So I have no inherent rights to the piano or jazz or French horns or chromatic harmony. I've earned the right by mastering my craft and honoring the various traditions that inspired me. So you want to call it appropriating, be my guest. To me... All of this music and culture is available. The only thing we as artists need to do is honor it, respect our musical forefathers and foremothers, and do our best with it. Make it our own. (laughs) ¶¶ 